A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With you every night and every day. You are listening to the wonderful sounds of brand new rugby boy band Barista Chic with members Josh Charnley, Dan Mugford, aka Danny Gipriani, Jack Knoll, and new member after being spotted in proper boy band getup at the NFL at Twickenham, Anthony Watson. Barista Chic, what a boy band, what a future they've got. Yes, they do, Tim. <laughs> In not third time, third huge, time. huge future. So, do you know what? That is the third time tonight we've listened to that song. It's really quite catchy, isn't it? <laughs> that, that is Barista Chic. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Yeah, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. A podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates who love, live and breathe the game of rugby as much as you do. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. That is Philip. Hello, Tim. This is currently being streamed on Facebook Live. So if you are watching on Facebook, please share it. Tell your mates. Leave your questions, comments and thoughts and we can make them part of the programme. We do this every Sunday evening. So if you're at a loose end on a Sunday, when all the rugby's finished, tune in, uh, find us on Facebook. Just search for Egg Chasers. And, uh, and yeah, come come along and watch. Other than that, if you're listening on the regular podcast, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Acast, among others. Leave your review on iTunes if you enjoy the pod. Leave a review. Obviously, it'll be a five-star review, not standard. But Tim Tam UK has left this one. This podcast is as classy as a Canterbury British and Irish Lions top. Yeah, they are classy. They are. Uh, as insightful as a Rob Baxter post-match interview. And as outrageous as a Bowdoin Barrett sidestep. All-round cracking rugby chat without the political correctness malarkey you find in, in mainstream media. Let the boys play. And all this is performed beautifully by... And I like this guy, Tim Tam UK, because he's clearly a proper joker. Really, real big joker. All this is performed beautifully by JB and Phil as they carry Tim Zeba Cocker. Not, um, not true. <laughs> not true. Yeah, I think the truth is the exact opposite yeah. of uh, that. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. This is a, a holy trinity right here. You're the you're the scaffolding that, that holds the incompetent tradesman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay, that's the nicest thing you've ever said. Uh, it has been a pretty. I, I think I think I can use the word incredible. I don't like going for uh, oh, oh, trying to hyperbole and overblowing stuff, but. It really has been an incredible weekend of rugby, both for the rugby on the field in, in a lot of cases and a lot of other stuff surrounding the game as well. Completely agree. Uh, completely agree. Uh, 
I will say this. After, I mean, the sh- in terms of scheduling, having that Munster game first uh, was a little bit of an error because after that, everything else just seemed a little bit, a little bit grey, really, a little bit dry. Yeah, it was tough. It was always going to be a tough act to follow, wasn't it? Yeah. Saturday sort of began and ended uh, with in in uh, incredible fashion. I'm just going to play this little moment after Munster recorded that emotional and, and massively impressive victory at Toman Park over Glasgow. Uh, just that moment that I don't know how. It, you must have had shivers up your spine watching this. Yeah. The players in the middle of the pitch. Amazing, yeah. Normally something that Munster do in the dressing room amongst themselves. Uh, after, don't they sing it? Every, I think they sing it every time, don't they? Every it's, every every win. Every, every win. No, it's every every win. But like you say, Tim, no, it's, I it's think normally it's before the game. No, 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 no. It's after a after game, the after game. A win. It's after a win. Oh, there you go. Then didn't know that. Yeah, and it's only after a win. We we covered it a few, two or yeah. three years ago. Um, yeah. And it was we thought it was brilliant then that rendition in front of the whole stadium even better it's absolutely yeah. super and the, and the and the kind of there were there were players kind of smiling with relief that they and you know they'd won that game and and left the mark that they wanted to leave but then also the just the pain it was it was really really amazing scenes yeah at Toma Park which uh, it should be mentioned as well as well as the scenes at Toma Park which were incredible to watch there were scenes all over the place Claremont had loads of Munster flags and scarves yeah uh, their fans made a massive effort to mark it because I think everyone recognised what Anthony Foley. What it was that competition, the European yeah. Cup? That was that's where uh, that's where people know him from. And and at Ravenhill, I was lucky enough to be there on Saturday night, and they sang the wow. field, Fields of Athenryde just after just after kick, kick off. off. Yeah, which was incredibly impressive. And I well. know that Brian O'Driscoll, uh, a Leinster man, but someone obviously who played with Anthony Foley with Ireland, um, that choked him up. You know, somewhere normally he'd go, and it would be a, a cauldron for. For Munster or Leinster or anyone to go to, to it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, it did. It's, it's I don't know, kind of coming together. It shows the unity in rugby um, more than anything else. It was absolutely brilliant. So we talk about the actual rugby yeah. in, in in the game. You're right, though, Phil. I just want that rugby is um is amazing at times like this, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it just makes you so proud to that this is the sport we love. And it, it probably shows football up because football can't have a minute silence. No. Football, football need a minute, yeah, a minute's they, applause, and there's yeah, always, so many idiots. Yeah, yeah uh, whereas true, rugby, it, it does show kind of the class and the quality of the people involved. I've never really liked them. I've never really liked the minutes applause. Never no, big into it. Well, no, no. Beca- because it's done to 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 stop embarrassment. Well, not, not, yeah. not always. It is done as a celebration, but then there is the. It's like when something truly tragic happens. I don't want to applaud, and yet they can't yeah. help themselves but applaud everything. So anyway, well, it's some sometimes moments stuff like that can happen spontaneously, yes. and then it's lovely. But that kind of right, everyone. Yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, yeah, it, it was brilliant. Yes, and the performance from Munster, which going on to the actual rugby, yeah. the performance from Munster right from the off, right from the first minute or first few minutes, and the play, and I'll try, uh, and just the way that they fr- every single man fronted up was brilliant, was absolutely well, brilliant, and it was holy. We said last week kind of unlucky Glasgow getting this fixture at this time because you knew Munster were going to come out. Yeah, well, in terms of the rugby, okay, 
you may or may not know I'm a huge fan of Saracens. Massive fan. Because they personify everything which is professional. And I kind of think uh, in today's age of professional rugby, organised structure, team analysis, that Munster performance shouldn't really exist. There shouldn't... It's almost like uh, it happened just despite the fact that everything was stacked up against it's happened. Munster this year are not a particularly good team. Anthony Foley even said so himself prior to the group stages being announced, which is, if you can't see the weak team, maybe you are the weak team. And despite all of that, they still managed to... And, and a red card. Don't yep. forget that. They still managed to put a big score on a team that put a record score on a past holder only last week. Yeah. I mean, it's actually quite a remarkable achievement. Yeah. But they, they were playing, I mean, before Earl's red card, which we'll get into in a second, before that they were playing as if there were 16 men on the on the pitch. Yeah. Because um, the crowd were behind them so much. I saw one tweet because um, obviously CJ Stander was wearing the number 24. Yeah, I didn't really get that. And nice then I touch, did. Nice it, touch. Yeah, very nice touch. But I saw someone said it's um, a great analogy because he's playing as if he is uh, three players. It's three, 24's mm-hmm. three number eight. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was everywhere in the... The hits in defence and the repeated big carries over and over again, but he wasn't alone. The whole of that monster pack were absolutely superb. What and did you think of the of, of the red card? Right result. Right yeah, result. No, what do you think of the reaction to the red card? Oh well, uh, you just you, you, clearly you just let it fly, don't you? If if there weren't the the circumstances surrounding, we'd be we'd be get rightly yeah taking him to the I, cleaners over it. But. I tell you what. I absolutely loved the reaction to the red yeah. card. Because, yeah. like, just from a fan's point of view, tell me if anyone was... Sick. I mean, there were some people camped up on Mount, uh, uh, Mount Pius pointing down. But just from a fan's point of view, I was watching it in the Tock H clubhouse pr- just prior to playing. And that was one of the most exciting red cards that I've seen because he kept standing there going, you cheat, you yeah. cheat. You effing cheat. You... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... Uh, that, 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 that element of it is not, not yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I, he... I admire the passion... I think it was misdirected. Passion. It was definitely misdirected. Well, I mean, the tip tackle was the, mis- uh, the original yeah. bit of misdirected passion. But yeah. you, you, you can understand uh, how the emotion of occasions like oh. that, with everything, spills over. I mean, thirty-nine years old, and he's seen it all. Peter Stringer got warned a number of times by the referee for for back chat. He played and, remarkably and a, he, well. No, he did play. I'm not, I'm not talking about how he played. I'm just talking about. The, where he was kind of mentally mm. in that sale sharks game, and, and he yeah. got he got warned a couple of times by the ref for for you know bleating at the referee and complaining and stuff. And it, I think just there was that that extra emotional yeah. level. Just it, it people react to it in different ways. He, CJ Stander, as you said, he he just dealt with it by hitting everything he could as hard as he could all day, which most of the pack did. Yeah, and Omani, Kilcoin, Ryan, and Holland in the second row were all yeah. absolutely. Immense. Yeah, they were. Um, it was an absolutely tremendous performance. Yeah. Um, right from the first minute and right through to the end. I mean, they, they had, with the t- about 10 minutes to go, you could see they were flagging because they'd given their apps every one. And they only had 14 man. men. Yeah. And they're playing a tremendous Glasgow side. We've got pace, we've got a very good pack. Um, but they, they were brilliant. Just on that, on that result now, how does that leave this group? I mean, who, if you were a betting man, who do you put your money on? To co- to come out of that, well, I guess it's the group of death. Well, this uh, is well, there's, there's a few pools that are really really hard. But I mean, this this could be one of those pools like Exeter, um, 
Exeter's pool last year with Claremont, where it gets decided on the final game, and they all yeah. beat, they all beat each other so much. Exeter went through with three wins last season. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you you probably will get a scenario like this because you'd you'd back them all to win their home games, mm. particularly at Leicester, who last week we probably would have said were looking like the weakest team in the pool. Yeah. And they go and beat Racing Metro, yeah. Racing ninety two. So you'll back them all to win their home games, and then it's it comes down to bonus points on the road. Mm. So Leicester preventing Racing from getting a bonus point is actually pretty big. There's, yeah, there've been no bonus points on the road in this pool yet, has there? And tell me, no, no. Been... Glasgow got nothing. Leicester got nothing at, at Glasgow. Has there ever been a pool with four teams as strong as these four are at home? Because that's a very good point, actually. Well, yeah, that's because well, Thorman Park is a hell of a place to go. Uh, again, Welford Road is a hell of a place. Echoes to go. of that pool last year with. Was I, th- it, I think was it, it Exeter Claremont. It was Exeter Claremont, yeah, um, Bordeaux. Was Bord- it? Uh, no, it was, was Bordeaux, it Bordeaux this year. Bordeaux this year. No, no, it was Bordeaux last year. It was year. Bordeaux again was last year. Three of the same four teams, but they all they all only won three. They all won their home games. Yeah, and they all lost their away games. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Echoes of that definitely. Who was who was the fourth team in that pool? Ospreys. Ospreys. That's right. Yeah, they're not in it this year, are they? Anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be carnage. Yes, and currently, so Racing are bottom of that group, no points from one game. Munster are top of that group, having only played one because of the, the points difference. Uh, is that right? This yeah, because they got a of... bonus point win and then points difference. Again, there's, oh, there's only three runners-up spots, so this, this, you, every, this you would think is one of the pools where only one team's going to emerge. Yeah, because if, if you're only getting three wins, you can't score a very high number of league points. Yeah. Shall we talk about games that we were at? Because you've been at two of you. Yeah. You've and, been and, three. And I know that we were having a natter, we were just chatting on WhatsApp back and forth, and JB, you, you, you said, oh, you've probably seen more European rugby than anyone this weekend, Tim. <laughs> Actually, because I was working, that meant I was travelling, and I've really not seen much, much besides How the... much of the game can you watch? Do you watch it all? Oh, I watch all the game, yeah. I'm, I'm scribbling notes and stuff. and. But you won't have... So while you were travelling to uh, Ravenhill, you won't have seen the two preceding games. Well, yeah, so for example, I my plane landed in Belfast at quarter past one. So yeah. the Munster game was already underway and I got to the hotel for and caught a bit of the second half. Ah, I'm with you. So, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't see as much. And then you're in meetings and stuff when the afternoon game's going on. Important so, yeah. business meetings with ties. Yeah, kind of. Well, <laughs> not really, actually. It's just the food. Just, oh, uh, that, that so is, make sure you're front of the queue for the food. That is more uh, important. But, yeah, I, I think Saturday was bookended by the two best spectacles. Munster first up was the, the highlight of the weekend. But that, that the finish the f- of the Exeter-Ulster <laughs> game was amazing. The but, finish was incredible. Uh, uh Thank God it went the way it did. The rest of the game, apart from a few moments of magic from Pietau, and there were a few, uh, the rest of the game was, certainly for me as an Ulster fan, incredibly frustrating. Well, yeah, I'm glad you you said the word magic, because for me, with the exception of Leinster, who actually might turn it around the next set of games, the magic in Irish rugby is well and truly back. Mm. I mean, across the board. Uh, you know, we did the Montmonster game. Connacht have won two in a row now. They now top their group. And yeah. I mean, I assume the draw is a good result for them. I'm not sure actually. Uh, yeah, it probably will be. Well, I think they wanted Wasps to beat to lose, probably well, without like yeah a bonus point. But, but I'm sure they'll take a draw. The draw gives them more chance of winning the group outright. Yeah. If Wasps had won, it gives them more chance of qualifying because it gives to lose fewer points overall. So. Yeah. 
And then the Ulster finish was something else. It's just so clinical. Yeah. I, I was kind of upset that um, we didn't see Steenson have his ho- have the homecoming that he deserved. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. What would uh, be the What would be the perfect result? Would it be Steenson dropping the goal? And then signing an Ulster contract immediately afterwards. Do you know, like w, <laughs> WWE with a big desk in, like, in the middle Just of like, the... Just uh, like Ben Botica did yeah. with yeah. Uh, the final <laughs> last year. Rob Baxter uh, was asked about, um, are, are you surprised, you know, Steenson's been overlooked his whole career by Ireland? And he said, well, he's now English qualified. I, I, I want him to be picked by England. <laughs> then that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely doesn't want that. No, uh, but it's... Um, I can't believe Exeter managed to be within a point. You just watch the game, and this whole sense was how how aren't Ulster how how haven't they just killed this game off yet? Well, it, I've been complaining all season that Ulster haven't scored enough points, D- despite the talent that they've got in their backline. They've not scored enough points. I'll quickly run through the uh, the stats from this game because Ulster two thirds territory, two thirds possession, twice as many runs, three times as many meters made. Three times as many line breaks. Uh, X had to make twice as many tackles and missed five times as many tackles as Ulster. And yet Ulster only won by a single point in, wow. with a minute to go. And it is, it's incredibly frustrating as an Ulster fan. Not the, the, Games like this, with so much territory and possession, so much dominance, they should be putting it to bed, particularly when they've got that magic in the back line. Uh, and I can't quite explain what's going wrong, why they're not doing. But I, I all season, yeah, I was going to say, I think words. Tim nailed this earlier on two, well, podcast. Well, two words: Nick Williams, okay. gain line success. But, yeah, but the broader point with that is gain line. And I think yeah. actually, if you look across Europe, the European Cup, across the Premiership, Pro Twelve, whatever, the teams that are struggling, who we got Exeter Chiefs, Leicester Tigers, albeit yeah, they beat Racing, but um, but not looking as good as they are. Uh, Ulster, to name a few, the the pr- same problem. They're not able to get. They don't have big runners to get over the gain line. Yeah, and it's affecting the effectiveness of their backlines. Yeah, it, it. You're probably right. Um, so Nick Williams goes. Obviously, we signed Curtsy. Where, where is he? Is he still injured? Injured knee. Knee. Yeah. Knee. It was um one of his um cruciate ligaments. What went to so the, nine months out. What happened to the Kankowski rumor? It never materialised. I think happened. he went to Japan. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was. Everyone thought it was Kowski, Kankowski, but it was Kurtzy. Went, went the same way of the Etzebeth rumour. More's the pity. Yeah, yeah. That was a shame, wasn't it? And that. So that was going to be um, injury cover for Alistair Hargreaves, who's retired through concussion. But now they could really do with him because both Itoji went off with suspected bro- oh, yeah. broken hand, and Cruz has to have ankle surgery this thought, week. That's been confirmed that he's got broken hand, Itoji. Has it actually been confirmed? I think it has, yeah. I, I checked earlier today and it, it, they were waiting for the results of the x-ray. But That's a, that's a disaster, actually. Yeah. So for England as much as anything. For both. I think England can get over it because, you know, Launchbury and Atwood aren't, aren't horrendous by any stretch. If that's the way they go, or Launchbury Laws. Not Itoji and Cruz, though, is it? Parling. No, they're not. But, you know, it's not like it's not like Wales yeah. losing Alan Wynn and Bradley Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the end of the world. You, 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 they pack up and go home. <laughs> what, Luke Charteris? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And someone Jake, else? Jake Ball, yeah, they are who fine. injured his shoulder uh, yeah. against Saracens. Um, actually, that's a very good question. Who would be... So Jim Hamilton obviously comes in. Yep. 
Who's next in, for, in terms of Saracens? That is a good question. They must have a kid. They must have a youngster. Yeah, Careful what you wish for. <laughs> there's a yeah, there's a brand new youngster, and he's six foot seven. Uh, plays like oh. an absolute demon. I'll tell you someone who they have got who is an international player, or he's he's listed as a Saracen. Hayden Smith. No, nope, he's gone home. Has he gone home? No, he's not gone home. I tell a complete lie because you wouldn't even know where his home was. Is it Australia? <laughs> is, is it, it USA? USA? No, he's not gone home. He does live in the area, and he is currently working for an insurance broker in the city. Right. Being paid substantially more than probably what he got at Saracens. <laughs> so, no, it will not be Hayden Smith. I can I can confirm that. So the next man, the only other lock that they've got registered on the list I'm looking at is Mark Flanagan, who I believe is the guy they got from Bedford, was it? Oh, is it? But I've not seen anything. I bet they him, picked so. someone up from Plymouth, and he <laughs> turns into an absolute superstar. Probably. Yeah, they'll, they'll have options and options they, and backup options after that. They'll they be could, fine. They could do with a short-term deal for someone like Etzebeth. Yeah, it's not going to hurt them, is it? Yeah, it, that does put that deal very much back in the back in the, back in focus now, doesn't it? So you'd hope so. Yeah, where were we? Uh, extra Ulster, right? Which, in terms of that group, um, so Extra lost two from two. Um, they picked up a single solitary bonus point. Ulster have won one from two, Bordeaux have won one from two, and Claremont are currently the top team in Europe because they've won two yep. from two and picked up two fa- uh, four-try bonus points as well. I don't think anyone's going to... Including Saracens, I don't think anyone can beat them. They really well, maybe do. Saracens can, but I don't think anyone else can. Well, Claremont really do look back to their best. Yeah. Uh, and one of the guys, from, from the two games that I've seen, one of the guys who certainly looks back to his best... Wesley Fafana. Fafana. Yeah. Who had a couple of years of uncertainty, both in Clermont and also for France, where they were, he wasn't being played, and then he was being played on the wing, and then he was floating around the the bench. He's two tries in two games, constantly on the front foot, constantly beating defenders. Um, ominous for for Clermont and for France. Yeah, uh, and a couple of good finishes as well for Nakatasi. Nakatasi. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that classic Frenchman. And uh, Strettel as well is looking good. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Strettel is looking good. Abendon's looking... Yeah, Benders! Benders. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know, did, did Abendon even start? Yeah, yeah he, he did. A try. Did he? He scored the bonus point try, I think. Yeah. Because, oh, very... yeah, Scott Spading uh, hasn't been playing. Yeah, uh, I don't know, were... don't know if he's injured or what. Yeah, and with England look, looking for seven, those two are probably still ahead of Robshaw. <laughs> um, right, okay uh, Shall we talk about Sale? Because we, we were both at Sale Yeah, I mean, I kind of think um, The game is kind of irrelevant Because I don't think Toulon or Sale are going anywhere this season I tend to agree with you, mate I tend to completely agree with you So just, yeah, yeah but yeah, we were there And there were some interesting things we saw One thing I saw, which I want to share I want to bring to the table um, And I'm interested to see what you think so I'm going to show you a picture of Francois Tranduc. Uh-huh. Who's, yeah. uh, I know where this is going. Post-match. Uh, post-match attire. So what do you think of when you think rugby players, what they wear after a game? Chinos, nice uh, Oxford cotton shirt, Ooh, maybe yeah. a blazer. Oh, definitely a blazer. You'd let, you'd let a polo shirt and chinos go, though, right? That's yes, fine. In 2016, you you'd yeah. understand it. Toulon wear tracksuit bottoms, the kind that scallies at the Trafford Centre wear. You know, you know when you see them and they've got... They, 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 for some reason, they put their hand down the front where I... their knob is rather than in the pockets. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Keep your hands warm, mate. Yeah, he was, yeah, he yeah. was wearing tracksuit bottoms like that. This is, I think there's a direct correlation between terrible post-match attire 
and terrible performances because Toulon have been terrible and I don't think there's any surprise. Have a look at them. Yeah, I yeah. Ooh. It's not great, is it? Do they all wear red trainers with it? I think Ooh. they do, you know. I'm I'm gonna show it to the Facebook live camera. This is Francois Tranduc. Can you see that? It's disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> not on. Uh, another thing I saw was um Matthew Bastereau up close. Uh, he is a, a a crazily oh, large man, I'm but glad you mentioned that. Really, not in a good way. He's in. Um, <laughs> yep. It's. I mean, he's he's effective when he's just hitting the game line. We were talking about game line success. He can be effective, but he is a ve- he's very effective. I, I think two years ago he's probably one of the best centers in the world. Yeah, no, I get it, but I just I don't understand how you can be that out of shape. Well, do you know what? Mm. I do get it. I do get it because I, w- I was watching him walk uh, run on, and on TV, like, yeah, he's a fat boy, and you know, uh, these professional players should take him down. He's not going to be very quick. In real life, you get an idea of the sheer volume of him. And you think, no, that's how it works. Because he is just so enormous. He's huge. Yeah, but he'd be even better if he wasn't... It's basically like carrying a rucksack around with dead weight, isn't it? Yeah. No, I disagree. I think he needs... Because of the way he plays. I mean, like he isn't playing the best that, that he's played. When he's at his absolute best, he needs better support runners around him. Because he breaks that line and his offloads can be... Spectacular. That's what he does. But without carrying all that dead weight, he would be a little, little bit, bit sharper. Yeah, that little bit fitter. Like yeah, I, don't, I just don't see the benefit in carrying that much. I understand dead body fat for protection. Like yeah, you, don't, you yeah. don't, well, you don't want to be cut like a, well, I, I mean, like a bodybuilder. I mean, I guess looking at all of our respective shapes, I am the natural advocate for the Matthew Pastoral <laughs> look. And it's no surprise that Phil's got, Phil's mouthing off, is it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, fine. Yeah, you fine. Sure? Oh, so still, still recording. Still recording? You sure? Uh, I think so. I think so. It looks like it is. <laughs> Let me just get a little bit closer in. Yeah, we're good. Oh, phew. Good. Um, but yeah, a professional athlete being being kind of... you. I mean, how many times have you had a pop at Thomas Francis, JB? That's different. It's <laughs> completely yeah, he's different. He's a prop, whereas this guy's a centre. Yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I found amazing about Toulon. There's a couple of things. First of all, they've successfully signed the Italian Mike Ford and the <laughs> English Diego Dominguez in Mike Ford and Diego Dominguez. Which, you know, Those two look like they've been separated at birth. They're broadly the same height. Their smiles are both equally as white as each other. Uh, and they've and they've, and they've both got short curly hair. Well, actually, uh, thing is slightly slightly longer. Diego but, Dominguez yeah. slightly longer locks. They don't talk. I mean, that is quite clear. I mean, Mike Ford did all of the press. It was hard to work out what Diego Dominguez did. Really, did you find that, Tim? I, I don't think he's got any coaching background at all. No, I don't think he has either. Uh, I, quite often, he was like looking very cool. Leaning up against a wall with two or three guys around him chatting. I can tell you that he he uh, he's even he's got even longer answers to questions than Rob Baxter. Rob Baxter's kind of you quite often. I've had it. I've inter- I've interviewed Rob Baxter a bunch of times, and mm-hmm. and quite often you only get one question because he he could just he, talks. He talks and talks, talks. And, talks, and he talks very well. And again, he was a perfect gent on Saturday night, but. Uh, Diego Dominguez just talked and talked and talked, but I think he's. I think it's a tactic because it's like if I just keep talking, they can't ask me <laughs> what's happening with me ah. and the leadership. I just keep talking, Frost keep Nixon. talking. Right, see you later, bye. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's surely it's a when, not an if that Mike Ford takes over. Mike Ford has been a head coach. De- yep. Diego Dominguez has never been a head coach, hasn't he? I thought he was head coach at Stad. Was he at Stad? I thought he won the top fourteen at Stad. No, he's I'm not. pretty sure that's right. Is it- 
Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I think that. So my understanding of the situation was last year they had appointed him and he was shadowing um, Bernard Laporte, which isn't difficult to show up on a Thursday and bring bring a flip chop. And prior to that, he was at Stade Francais and that's when they won the won the title I'm almost certain and he's brought all of his people with him so it's not even a case of just getting rid of him it's getting rid of him and his entire coaching structure oh no I'm looking at Diego Dominguez the rally driver from Paraguay yeah no he's <laughs> he, I can confirm he's never coached Stade Francais <laughs> um, Al what, uh, what what was the other takeaway from this oh yeah Toulon looked freezing cold um they're in Manchester. It was it was quite mild for, 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 for Manchester. Friday, like, yeah, Manchester. but I've got another th- theory about this. Have you seen their tops? They're very, very, very thin. thin. They're that, almost that, like, like icy white top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Habana looked absolutely freezing. <laughs> yeah, they've gone. I was on the south coast of France uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's balmy 25 degrees, and you mm. come to hor- horrendous Salford. Exactly. Uh, and the last thing, which is I thought was interesting, well, I obviously think it'd be interesting, I got I got to sit next to, well, pretty much next to Dimes. The only people closer to Dimes were Foreshaw and Deacon. Wow. So I am sat basically as far away from Dimes as, uh, Dimes as you are now. Uh, so it was quite educational for me to see what those directors, well, the director of rugby was doing and um, obviously the two coaches. So what does he spend most of the 80 minutes doing? Almost exclusively shouting at Dan Braid, telling Dan Braid to get messages on. <laughs> We're on Facebook Live, Tim! <laughs> I didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, most of the time it's, uh, Dan, get the messages on! There's lots of messages about getting messages on, but I think <laughs> there is quite a serious point about this, which is I was shocked by how simple the messages are. Uh, I would say. Right, so hold on, so hold on. So, so we see this all the time. The camera will cut to the DORs and they're talking into a yeah. radio. Yeah. So you never know what they're saying. So come on then, JB. Well, I'm not going to say what they were saying because you know, obviously, it's quite a privileged place to be. Yeah. So I'm not going to say like, you know, uh, after second phase, do X, Y, Z. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't break anyone's trust. No, you yeah. wouldn't. And that's, that's very good of you, Tim. You're an honourable man, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was very surprised by the simplicity of what they were saying. So, for instance, this is not what was said, but I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. It'd be like, um, we need to hit more front ball. And that was telling for me, because they had a load of guys playing uh, who are seasoned veterans. Yeah. And do you know all this culture nonsense? I don't know if... I, have I mentioned culture before? <laughs> I mentioned that? Mm, I can't You've mentioned I don't it. recall. No. Well, I suppose the important part about the whole cultural thing and building leaders is that they shouldn't need the director of rugby to say, no. for instance, you've got to hit that front ball. I mean, you see it all the time, and I've said this a, a bunch of times, I don't like the fact that directors of rugby say whether to kick for corner or go for posts. Yeah. yeah. No. Captain, it no. should be the captain. And like, to think as well that the communication system they use is three coaches up top, all shouting at Dan Braid, continuously I mean I'm sure every director of rugby has their own Dan Braid to shout at and then Dan Braid has to put a, thumb, a thumbs up and then somehow get a message on via the water boy so it's um, I don't know I kind it's of kind think of, it's kind of the equivalent you know how on the field sometimes the ref the ref will go captain come here he did it to Josh Beaumont about yeah. Peter Stringer he went number eight your nine needs to stop talking to you. can you have a word with him Josh Beaumont did, didn't have a word he's like oh he's, he's Peter Stringer yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna bother so <laughs> you Dan, want me to Dan, tell him Dan Bray's doing the same yeah 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 sure yeah. <laughs> and then just then just pretends to talk into, tell his, what, into his radio yeah I tell you what it's lucky that I know who um, Deacon and Forshaw are because if I happened to be like out in Manchester and those two were walking towards me I would cross the road they are too. Uh, I mean, Deacon's still got like s- sort of like boy a boyish face, yeah. but, but he's like got a few scars. Like he's 
scars on a boyish face. Yeah, he's got a boyish face if, you know, the boy spent 12 years on the Eastern Front. You know, it's that kind of boyish <laughs> face. So, um, yeah, they, they look like some tough men. In fact, the whole, all three of them, I mean, I'm sure if they give you an order, you, uh, you don't disobey it. Mm. So that pool, uh, obviously the other match was Saracens Scarlets, which was a, Saracens not playing at their best, but a relatively comfortable bonus point win with Scarlet's getting nothing out of it. Mm. So Sale have lost two from two. Uh, and there you go. I think any team that's lost two from two is, Pretty much, is yeah. done. I think there's only been two teams ever qualified. Wasps and Bath. Yeah. Is that right? We've lost the first two. Yeah. Um, and Sale, there was a few questionable um, selections anyway. So you'd think they'll rest their players and concentrate more on the league. Scarlet's have a chance, but not a very big chance. Uh, and then Toulon um, win their home games, pick up a few points away. They should go through as second place to, to Saracens, I would say. Um, and Saracens, having ha- already had their toughest game against Toulon away, you'd expect them to win everything else now. Mm. Uh, assuming they can shore up their second row, Definitely. which they will do. Uh, I'm going to make a, a prediction here. I think looking at the, Sar- uh, the Toulon game, if Toulon don't improve drastically... I think they could potentially lose to Scarlet's. Scarlet's away. Yeah, I think that's a real day. And is is that in the in midwinter as well? It probably because uh, they've not played yet, so it'll be December. Oh, so so another moment. <laughs> oh, from, this is my favourite moment of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> another moment from Toulon against Sale. So there was there was some. There was some reporter, someone asking the questions to Mamuka Gorgodza, the man of the match. Lee Halfpenny was also there. Uh, asked a question that Mamuka Gorgodza just didn't understand, and Lee Halfpenny. Um, w- well, so it was all right, fine. It was me. I asked a question. <laughs> Mamuka Gorgodza couldn't answer it. I knew we were short of time, and we had to get away from them and finish the man of the match chat. I so I moved the microphone over to Lee Halfpenny, expecting him to answer the question, but instead Lee Halfpenny tried to. Explain what I just asked. Anyway, here, here's what happened. That is still the aim to get back to the heights that you've reached in the past and win this competition. Uh, we want to achieve like we did before in this competition. <laughs> Mamuka, your English is far better than my Georgian. You rightly are today's man of the match, Helen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so I asked the question in perfect English, and Lee Halfpenny did the. <laughs> Talk slower, yeah. In the same words, so try that, and simplify it. it slightly. <laughs> yeah, oh that, yeah. I I assumed you expected him to speak French to Mamuka Gorgodza. Uh, no, when I put the microphone to Lee Halfpenny, I should have probably said Lee. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can answer that. I thought, <laughs> I thought you handled it very well. Very uh, well. Too. I felt very, very sorry for Lee Halfpenny because uh, he's not like an average. Um, sorry. How can I put it? He's not a great talker anyway. Yeah. So when yeah. he won sport, ironically won sports personality of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, he was very kind of mm, shy. I don't think that's really improved much. And so when he was about to give the when he was about to um, go over to Mamuka and then you cut him off. I, I, in fact, he looked a little bit a little bit broken inside. Oh. <laughs> well, the, the the hardest thing is Mamuka Gorgodza. Oh my word, he's a he's a he's a large man. You see the like the depth of his chest and yeah. how chiselled he is out of granite. Um, but when he says to you, when you go, hey, uh, well done on a good win, congratulations, you're the man of the match, how do you feel after that game? He goes, I was not man of the match. That was the first thing he said. <laughs> he I'm dies, not, he I dies. Was not man of the match. <laughs> I felt like, well, I'll take the bloody bar home. And the uh, free bottle of champagne. 
No, yeah. no bottle of champagne. Just oh, a, is just, it a vase. just a vase. Yeah. These maybe the vase. very last. Sponsored by Heineken, maybe actually, literally the it? very last thing I'll say, I'll say about, about this game is just how massive those two long players are up close. Now, I'm not sure who the player is that I almost bumped into. Um, he had three or four t- tears tattooed to his cheek and looked a bit like a prop. Uh, tears. That was um, not Chili Chava. The other star- The other prop. Not prop. a chocky. Not no, chocky. no. It might have been chocky. No. Tears, tattoos. Chockey's yeah, enormous. Like, oh, like, oh, no, no, he was the guy that came on as uh, tight head. Well, whoever he was, yes. Tal Fifinua. Oh, huge. my God. Huge. He's ridiculous. Anyway, um, <laughs> i tell, tell you what. There's loads of rugby to talk about. We could, we could just go through the games and stuff. Um, but should we have a little break for something at this point? Well, one, I'll just say a break. Get on board with Cornerstone. That's a great idea. Uh, Cornerstone is a mail-order razor company, the best on the market, as voted for in the GQ Awards. And for just £4, you could get your very first order, which would include a free engraved shaft. You can have your initials on it, up to three initials. What do you have on yours, Phil? Uh, EGG is on mine. Oh, really? Yeah. On yours, JB? JB. Uh, TC. Uh, So, get yours, engraved, beautiful aluminium, German-engineered precision shaft, like I say, four quid. And you can, just for four quid, with no obligation... You could sample what is... Bec- I mean, they're even doing, like, TV adverts now, obviously. Yeah, if you see the TV yeah. advert, still use our code, obviously. Yeah, yes. you use our code. Yeah, because we can't <laughs> fill the Jonathan Joseph champagne fridge with nothing, can we? <laughs> and we can't get a professional rugby player to serve us champagne, no, like, we, like we, uh, Cruden, we for example. We can't pay Aaron Cruden for a year to serve us champagne from Jonathan Joseph's champagne That fridge. we can then pour on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, very important. Uh, so if you want to give it a go, like so many people have, and we get messages all the time, so thank you very much. It is cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That is cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg10 at checkout. And also, there's another thing. So we are in a fantasy rugby league. Fantasy rugby draft. Fantasy rugby draft. I'm now, not sure we should talk about this on, on the pod. Well, we'll and just, I'll tell you why. We'll give a teaser, I no, think. No, because you're about to ruin... Thousands of people's lives. I mean, I know. He's got a point. Yeah, I know. In fact, I started playing fantasy rugby. And the problem with fantasy rugby, nobody cares about your fantasy rugby team except for the ten, the nine people that you're playing well, fantasy rugby with. Well, you see, here's, here's the difference. Yeah. And here's why we want to mention it, because we really think this is great. So JB and I are big NFL fans. And the way that American football is done in, in terms of fantasy, it's, it's all about actually... It, it, well, it, it's just loads better. So the differences are normally if you've played like the Premier League football fantasy league, everyone can have Sergio Aguero. Yes. In fantasy rugby draft, our friends at Rug- fantasy rugby draft, only one person can have Alex Good. Only one person can have George Ford or whoever else. Yeah. And this is an Aviva Premiership draft. And what you do is you you get nine friends together or nine mates at your club or nine work colleagues, and you all pick players in turn it's all all done on the on the computer on the system there and it it's awesome because then you have a barter system and i I'm, i mean me and phil we've been talking about one of my centers for ross moriarty yes i mean we want to be careful because we are going down the rabbit hole of talking about our own fantasy league we could talk about this nobody for, for nobody hours. Cares yeah about. no but, no one cares about it so I but was, it's brilliant yeah. it's so good you get so into it so get you and nine of your mates uh together try fantasy rugby draft Get involved. We think you'll be hooked. I, I want to see all fantasy uh, in in the UK turn into this draft system like yeah. they do in America. It's so much better. This Brilliant. is the, this is the first year I've played fantasy football and fantasy rugby for years. But this is the first year that I've ever done a draft. And both the fantasy football league that I'm in and the fantasy rugby league have both done drafts. Uh, I, and it's the actual draft, which normally takes about an hour. The, both ones I've done have been like a weeknight about nine pm. 
and it is the most nerve-wracking, exciting, yeah. tense hour that you will ever have. I found myself because you watch you li- you line up all your players that you want, yeah. and you watch them disappear. Do you not have a draft board? Uh, I, I had a few things up my sleeve. Yeah, I actually I heard about you having three screens open during the draft process. I was triple screening at the time. <laughs> yeah, I had a draft board down, <laughs> down in the dungeon and just removing players. In the NFL, anyway. that you can do mock drafts online. You get loads of people together and you do pretend drafts. Just so you, can pra- you can like do you can practice your drafting. Oh, too much. It's but, they, but yeah, so it's called. It's our, they're, they're good friends of ours. They're called. It's called fantasyrugbydraft.com. And here's the little thing: uh, we have got. Prizes, our friends at Fantasy Rugby Draft are going to collate and collect every league that has the word egg in their league name. And every team that has egg in their team title. And every title. team that has egg in their team title. And they are going to uh, give us that and we're going to reward those people by putting them in a draw for some top stash. And, yeah, we, are, and we are in some important meetings soon. We're going to be spending time with Warren Gatland, Canterbury about Lions gear. So if you need to get yourself sorted, fantasyrugbydraft.com, put egg in your league name, egg in your team name somewhere, and uh, we will find you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really not... Um comfortable doing this it's like it's basically giving some it's basically like getting someone hooked on crack like if you have if you have a young family don't do this yeah and the worst thing is uh midday exactly midday oh, on a friday, friday when yeah. all the teams are announced so you know I'm your scram- players have been dro- scrambling <laughs> like, the the the, uh, the adrenaline of going oh my god he's starting quick and we're all we're all rushing to sign that player at the same yeah. time yeah yeah don't do it. Don't, don't do it to yourselves. So you can start, Aviva Premiership, you can start partway through the season, create a league, everyone starts on the same footing. Uh, there'll also be a Super Rugby one that will be starting in a few months' time. Ooh, that's but interesting. A, li- a little bit off yet. Um, Speaking of which, have you seen the, well, just, just you mentioned Super Rugby, let's just touch upon New Zealand. Just, they, they've broken the, uh, no, they haven't broken the record, Cyprus owned the record well, for consecutive test wins, don't they, 28, but New Zealand have got to 18 now. So I assume, so, it keeps getting referred to as the record, but Cyprus twenty four or twenty eight something yeah, like Cy- that. Cyprus hold the but, record, but I can, so I can only assume what they mean is the tier one record, which uh, isn't really a record in that case. But eighteen consecutive wins, nonetheless, is remarkably impressive. Um, did either of you see the game? No, no. I'm, I'm done with it. For I now. was travelling. It was again. It was a pretty good game. New Zealand scored two tries early on, and you thought, right, here we go again. But Australia came back into it. Um, they, they played remarkably well. And, it and then let me guess, last 20 minutes, New Zealand dominated and scored loads of points. Well, shortly into the second half, Henry Spate scored a perfectly good try, which Nigel Owens and the TMO uh, conspired to disallow. I saw the Twitter uh, messages right, we got to at Rugby Podcast. It, was, it Na- should have been a try. Nigel Owens. Nigel Owens has been on TV this week singing songs on New Zealand Breakfast TV or something. Uh I'm a little uncomfortable with a guy whose job it is to basically uphold the law of the game, almost being a publicist. <laughs> uh, to the point, it's, it's getting a little bit silly. Mm. He's I mean, got a limited career and all yeah, that. It's, he, it's he like, no, to... he hasn't. What, so what would you say about uh, Haskell's supplement range and YouTube videos? Excellent. All yeah, well exactly. I know, but Haskell's job isn't to up, uphold the law of the game. But it, that... I don't think that the, the two, like shouldn't, having, the two shouldn't interfere with one another. It's like having a high court judge on morning TV singing singing hymns. I, I just don't like it. I think you should concentrate more on being well. No, no, not concentrate more on being a ref because you only have to do it for like eighty minutes once every two weeks or yeah. something. Just don't do it. That's, that's what I want to <laughs> so say. Just, you, don't do your it. problem is 
the singing songs, really, isn't it? Yeah, I feel uncomfortable uh, when people sing songs in public. Also, <laughs> Haskell on decks. Uh, as you well know, I love James Haskell. And I love him on the decks too. I've got nothing but time for that. Back to the game. <laughs> he made a terrible call disallowing that try. And as you said, Tim, last 25 minutes, New Zealand cut loose. Uh, Surveyor uh, starting again because he was out of the, the starting line for a couple of weeks. Scored two incredibly powerful tries. Very, yeah, yeah. very good finishes. The bus is back. Yeah. Just in time for the European tour. Have you seen the state of their squad? Like it's, when you say states, well, I mean good. State, no, like good state. So they've released their, their squad for the Autumn Internationals, and what they've their production line is ridiculous. So you look you look down their squad, and they have in, in most positions they have three or four players with fifty caps, or depending on what the position yeah, is, yeah. you need with like fifty or more caps, and then they'll have a couple that have no caps or a few caps, and you can just they've they've got such good players that they that they they can just bring these guys through. So uh, I like the fact that, for example, they do reward people that are playing well and in form, like Luatua has had a really good season, back, but he's been off the radar for a little bit, so he's back in. But they've just got these young guys coming through that looking great. Who's the guy on the on the wing that's come out of nowhere? Um, I forget his name, double-barreled name. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, not uh, not the centre, Linton Brown. Uh, Lin- yeah, yeah, Linnett Brown. Yeah. Linnett Brown. Oh, yeah, sorry, him. Is he, yeah, he's was he not just injured to start with? I thought he was. Um... No, he, he's come from pretty much nowhere. He's only twenty one. Was meant to be starting, and he got injured. So, what was his name for the Chiefs? Has had a, a, a massive impact. Have I got that the wrong no, way? No, Lynette Brown's Chiefs, and he, he'd only played Chiefs. Oh, um, who is the guy? Who is the starting centre for the, for the Chiefs? Uh oh, what's his name? Charles Nartai. Charlie Nartai. Yes, Charlie Nartai. I thought yeah. Johnny Nartai stepped in because Leonard Brown got injured. All the way round. Is it the other way round? All right? the way round, yes. So you've got Liam Coltman coming at Hooker, who looks a real young prop. Uh, the one area they look a bit weak without depth is prop. But other than that, it's just they've got the current superstars and they've got the future stars as well. It's um, it's pretty frightening to look at. What's, what's also interesting in that squad, they're considering Kano and Squire. R- sorry, Rico Ioani, the winger. Yeah. 19 oh, years well, old. He yeah he's coming from from the under twenties from the sevens yeah. team as well. What um, is it? Uh, is anyone else hoping that they lose at least one game? Um, it would be nice to see them being beatable. Not because I want to, not because I dislike I them. I, I want to see though. someone figure it out. I can't see it though. No, I don't. I mean, maybe Ireland. Uh, maybe. I mean, everything's looking fairly rosy in Ireland. They've got four provincial teams playing very very well. Um, Maybe, you know, they are they're the best bet to beat them because I think they've got they've got Wales, Wales, Ireland, they've got France. They've got actually they've got Ireland twice. Mm, that rings a bell. Oh yeah, because <clears throat> Ireland in uh, USA. Yeah, hopefully Ireland will topple them. It's frightening. It's really frightening. Um, yeah. Uh, just going back to the European Cup, Joe Herons tweeted us at Rugby Podcast. Oh, and said. Uh, Points per team. Uh, sorry, no. Yeah, he said end of round t- round two. Average points per game, as in whether you get uh, four points for a win, five, yep. etc. Pro twelve teams, two point five three. Top fourteen, two point four six. Aviva Premiership, two point zero eight. Hashtag Hobby League. <laughs> uh, and then it says points per team um, over the twelve games. Um, mm-hmm. Aviva Premiership, twenty five points. Uh, they've amassed Pro twelve. 
in 13 games have amassed 33 points and top 14 um, in 13 games have only amassed 13 points. So uh, top 14 struggling. Yeah, well, and, uh, um, for those of you that throw up your hands every week and go, JB, you call it a hobby league, and then you and sob and you know all, all, all the rest of it, have a little well, tantrum. before you say what you're going to say, because you're going to say the bad teams are really bad at the bottom. No, it's a terrible league. I mean, that is, that is, Josh, that's why they're doing so well. Josh, it's a terrible league. Josh Bradham has tweeted at Rugby Podcast and said, so, JB, if, oh, here the, we go. If, if the bottom half of the Pro 12 is so bad, how did Edinburgh manage to spank, well, no, they didn't spank him in the end, he, and he didn't use that word. They looked like they were going to spank him. How yep. did how did how did Edinburgh manage to do what they did against Harlequins? No, no, didn't see the game. But tell him I will, I will look into that and get back to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apparently, it was a very good game. Yeah, um, I heard it was a good game. Well, yeah, eleven eleven tries, thirty six, thirty five, something like that. Was there a fight in it as well? Uh, there was a few angry tweets. There was a few. It's interesting. Mike Brown is like Marmite. Yes, basically the English love him. Most of the English, oh, not, he not hasn't, all. He hasn't, he hasn't inflated his, his price by 10%. <laughs> no, That's what not, I thought you meant. Not quite. No. <laughs> uh, everyone else seems to hate him. And it's, it's because he is so passionate, so angry. He is um, angry. I mean, I, I don't particularly like him, to be fair. Yeah, but you're Welsh. Yeah, that's true. I'm English and I love him. I love the passion. Right. Uh, more rugby quiz, rugby social. What do you want to do? I've um, got a little quiz if you want to do that. Yeah, let's go have on, a quiz. Go on, then, boys. Come on, then. So test your, test your grey matter. Yep. Yeah, see if you can beat Tim or JB. Which you can't. <laughs> this one, I've got a feeling, might be quite tough. I'm not expecting big scores. How many questions have we got? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow. Well, let's do it. Quick. Let's do it as quick as we can then. No, let's really take our time. <laughs> nine, and they're all they're all single point questions as well. Okay. So no we long thinking. One, should so we, should we do one at a time? Just answer them then. Uh. Let's write them down. All right, okay. Normal, normal time. Right, normal quiz rules. Uh, Jay, phone down. Uh, are you going to write? I'm, I'm, typing I'm, my just, on there. I'm typing my right. Okay. I'm writing my note. I'm writing okay. my notes on here. First question: What are the Australian women's rugby union team affectionately known as? I know this. Next. Okay. Next. Question number two: What is the full official title of the club that we refer to as Toulon? Uh, I'm oh. not not checking spelling, but I want the full full name. Okay. Who is their club captain for the year 2016-17? Toulon's. Toulon's club captain for the year 2016-17. Okay. Who competed the third place playoff in the 2003 Rugby World Cup? The third place playoff, two thousand and three. In okay, so that would be. Uh, so there is two points available for that one. Okay, easy. Um, yeah. Okay, got it. Next question: Who is Bath Rugby's club captain for the year sixteen seventeen? Okay, next. Okay. I thought you said you weren't expecting high scores. I've got like full. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm. Um, who is the Avicii Premiership top try scorer <laughs> <laughs> at the um, moment? Damn it! I was going to have a sounder for that when, uh, when you said Avicii <laughs> Premiership. Um, hmm. <laughs> this we should seat. have a little little. Cl- we should have a little bit of Avicii every time yeah. we do it. that tune levels or whatever. Yes. Yeah, levels. 
I've got an amazing um, little gif of uh, Hitler with glow sticks dancing to that, uh, uh, dancing to levels. Um, uh, okay. Doesn't everyone? It's <laughs> uh, top score in the Prem. Viva Prem this season. Come on, you should have a bit more. Okay, next question. Who okay. who won the 2009 Six Nations? Oh, 2009? 2009. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, well, the fact JB's answered that so quickly has given me a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and was a Grand Slam achieved? Uh, yes okay. or no? Final question. Yeah. We all know that JB has his Nick Kennedy fact, which is... His mum's an author. <laughs> what? <Ding. laughs> what is my Jean-Marc Dussan fact? And I've I've used it a few times on the uh, oh the pod. Have uh, you? He he came he came on today. Uh, I think it's Alistair Eakin. Oh no, it wasn't. It was uh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Uh, and he didn't. Wait, no, it was it was Alistair Eakin. Did he not use it? He didn't use my. Uh, my Jean-Marc Dussan fact, I was most disappointed. I don't know. Yeah, because Nick Mullins was commentating on Tigers because he described um, Tamifuna... As a, as a big fridge or something? As like a fridge being shuffled across a kitchen <laughs> when he was chasing back to get kicked. Wasn't that weird when he was the only guy yeah, in the back? he was the only person covering the whole oh. of the backfield. Right, answers, everyone? Okay. Okay, first question. Australian women's rugby team. What's their nickname? I've remembered your Doosan fact, I think. Oh, have you? Oh, oh I don't know if so, if someone did say it in commentary. No, did you sure they didn't say it in commentary? They might have at some... It, when he came on, it definitely wasn't mentioned, but it might have mm. It might have got mentioned at another... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The point. I was cooking. I think I know the one you're talking about. Anyway, we'll see. So the uh, Australian women's rugby team are the Wallaroos. They are indeed the Wallaroos. Well done, Tim. Correct. One point each. I don't know what the R stands for. I so um, I've gone. We've gone. You. I've got it written down. If you well, I mean, the only thing I can think is racing club. I said Toulonese. I've gone rugby club Toulonese. Oh, well, that's obvious, isn't it? Why did I think rugby? Because racing, I did. I just didn't think it. Racing. Was One of you has got the point. And it is Tim. Oh. 2-1. God damn it. How did I not think of rugby? I know. <laughs> um, it's a rugby podcast. I don't know what the club captain is, but I'm thinking as one of the senior members, is Matt Gitto still there? Uh, yes, I, he I is still Matt, there. I, I said Matt Gitto. Gitto is still there and he's injured. Who have well, you gone for, JB? Smith. Juan Smith. Mm-hmm. I can tell one of you does have the point. 
And it's Juan Smith. Oh. Yes. To all. Getting beard more. Semi-final 2003. Now, England beat France. Yep. And, and Australia beat New Zealand. Did they? I don't know. Did they? I've, I've gone for New Zealand, France. Yeah, I've gone New Zealand, France. And you both have two points. Oh no, I'm going to lose this. So, so four so all. Five two. I'm going to lose this because no, I don't know no. Toulon played rugby. Five three. Huh? Oh no no, you got Swan, Swan, Swan Smith. Yep. Of course. Yeah yeah. Four yeah. All. Four oh all. yes. Four uh, all. Four all. Uh, so is it to- is it Thomas the Tank, top try scorer in the Avicii well, Premiership? We're not there first, yet. First of oh, all, right, yeah. first of all, Bath rugby's club captain. Oh yeah, I didn't actually write one down, so I'm going to guess. Uh, it's not it's not Garvey because he, he has been. Right, I'm going to guess um, Batty. Mercer. Which Mercer? Guy Mercer. Correct. Yes! Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he's, he has only played the last couple of games because he's been injured for some time. But yeah, he's club captain. So Thomas the Tank, I've already said what I said for the next one. Top try scorer in the Avicii Premiership. In, in this year's Avicii Premiership... I don't know, so I've just gone with Maitland because I know he's got 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 a couple. I know uh, I would know if he was top try score because he's in my fantasy team. I would know that. Thomas the Tank uh, has got four tries yeah. alongside a host of other players. The top try scorer, remarkably, is Jamie George, what? who's on, wow. on five, five from. Six. And that's probably why we don't. Oh, that, oh yeah, Saracens front row. Oh, he, he even mentioned that. So I, I I met Jamie George this week, and he did actually bring that up as he was chatting to other people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Backdoor brag. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm the uh, current yeah. Aviva Premiership top scorer. Right, nice to meet you. I'm uh, Aviva Premiership <laughs> top scorer, Jamie George. Who are you? Um, right. 2009, Six Nations. So wait, uh, neither of you got that. So it's 5-4 yeah. uh, to JB. I said Wales. Um, and I said no Grand Slam. So, when was it? 2009. Like, oh, cr- sorry. 2009. So JB, what, what did, did you, you write say? down? What did you write down? Uh, I've written down 1999. 1999. Yeah. So what have you written down? That's not the point. What have you written down as your answer? You can't change it now. Uh, I put Ireland, and I put no. A Grand Slam was not achieved. So a Grand Slam was achieved, so neither of you get a point for that. By but Wales, it, then. But it was Ireland. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so it, I'm, you, you've got four. an unassailable lead, 6-4. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to get a point back on this one. You haven't got the Mar- Jean-Marc to do some fact. No, no idea. Phil, I'm, I'm certain you've mentioned this, or I've heard it in commentary, but... He's an, he's an, he's an animator. The only player that, that made his debut in a World Cup final. Is correct. That is- oh, no. Such a good fact. I, That's a brilliant fact. I can't see anyone ever um, equaling that record. Well... No, I mean, it's not as impressive as that. I knew, do know there was an England player to make his debut as a professional rugby player for England. In a cup oh, game. really? Do you want to guess what? who that is? Uh, a player made his rugby union debut. Rugby Pref- union debut for England. For England. Like before, senior before, so, yeah, before, senior before debut. he played a game for England before he played a game for his club. Uh, John Bentley? No. Someone not someone like Alex Tate. Uh, no, sorry, uh, uh, Matt Farrell? Tate. No. No. Uh, Go on. I don't know. It, it, he uh, played when he was 19. Okay, hold on. What era? Uh, it relatively modern. He's been to at least one World Cup with England. Uh, he, if he's retired, it's only only this year. Ollie Barkley. Ollie Barkley is. You have told me that You're before. You're joking. No, nope. Ollie Barkley. Like a, a proper cap game. Well, kind was it like of. A barbarian. Was it like no, a no, it was Churchill Cup, and the Lions were playing that year in Australia. He got called up as an 18 or 19 year old to get experience, and I think his first appearance was as a scrum half, even though he's taken as a fly half. I think he went with. I think the other fly-off has not scored with Grayson. Um, 
And someone else as well. Maybe Alex King. So that would be like uh, 2001, maybe? Yeah, that's that exactly lines. what it was, yeah. That lines, wow. Wow. Oh, in, uh, one player who's being taken along with the New Zealand squad, they, they always take a couple of academy guys, basically, like, or... or um, no, what's not... No, they don't use the word academy. They use... Use a word for it. Future anyway. legends, future legends squad. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, transitional players. <laughs> but someone we saw in Manchester at the Under Twenties World Cup, and we were bigging up uh, Geordie Barrett. Now, have they? Because I saw some reports that said that there were two Barrett boys who were going, and then when I read the official squad, they weren't in there. He's not in the official squad. He's 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 a um, he's a white. Ah, uh, right. It's like okay. um, they're just bringing them along for experience. And uh, this is almost train. the absolute opposite. So when Andy Nickel played for the Lions in two thousand and one, <laughs> yeah, went went along as a as, as a kit manager and had to pull on his boots for the last test. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Geordie Barrett. So it's yeah, nineteen years of age. Yeah. Oh, he, how he will be. That there's three Barrett boys going. Yeah, th- Damien Mireynolds. Thank so, you very much. So I've got the official. All, this is what I was searching for before when we were talking about it. All black squad name for the twenty sixteen Investec Rugby Championship. He's not named in that official announcement. And I've just done a, a search on the page. There is only one reference to the word Barrett, and it is obviously Bowden Barrett. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not quite sure, because it was uh, it was spoken about in a couple of other articles that I read. They're not officially... Scott part- Barrett. I believe it's Scott Barrett. So, I mean, I don't really believe that. It's all just something. So here's <laughs> here's a, a Guardian article. So Guardian is saying New Zealand picked three Barrett brothers. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, but it's Scott, not within Scott the official. Not, not within the official squad. They're, they're, I can't remember what word they uh, use. Enlarged squad for an end of year what's tour. What's the um? What would you call it when like you do an, like no not in apprentice apprentice that's what they call it. Apprentice. Like they they have a couple of apprenticeships. And uh, do they do like uh, like daily just, tasks as yeah. a tour apprentice? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you, I've got a flog, some <laughs> gammy kiwi gear, to people on a market. <laughs> In London, when you're there, and they're all massive chances. <laughs> is, is anyone watching this year's Apprentice? By no, the way? I, I detest it. It is. They are the biggest, the most incompetent bunch of people I've yeah, ever seen. It's reality TV. That's what they do. That they always say we've got twelve of the most impressive yeah. young <laughs> business entrepreneurs. People. But no, they haven't. They've got twelve people who are going to make utter tits of themselves yeah. on the telly. Estate agents. Yeah. I get. Angry watching. I don't know why I even watch it these that, anymore. They are so so incompetent and useless. Let's never. Shall we make a pact never to talk about Apprentice again on this on, on this podcast? Yeah, or in any other line of work that we partake in. Yes. Yeah, and the other I, thing, I, the only final thing I will say is the only thing more cringeworthy than uh, the people on it is Alan Sugar's regular effort to try and crack jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he has a pre-written script for yeah. no, all of them. Do you know? I've actually got a bit of a fact about Apprentice. Go on. All of the firings are done prior to the tasks. So they fire everyone. Not not the firings. Go on. Not the firings. The bit where they... Because you know how they always... Bearing in mind, normally the filming's done in the height of summer. Yeah. They, they always get into a cab uh, with a coat on. And, yeah. that, and that's because they don't want you to see what they're wearing underneath. Because they do the shots of them getting into a cab and driving away. Before ah. the process, no, no. Well, I'll tell because, you why. because it's actually it's um, the filming's done in a TV studio, not in. Oh yeah, yeah. Canary so they have like a, a picture of like ah. a huge skyscraper, yeah, and they're doing it in a porter cabin in Slough yeah. or somewhere. Aren't they? <laughs> yeah. um, no, the, all the firing is done afterwards. No, sorry, before, because they don't want people kicking off. Does that what make you, sense? What do you mean kicking off? Well, 
if they do, they do the firing before the show, so everyone, like, then they record fired. it. Yeah, yeah. So then when they go, you're fired. Um, they just get up and walk out. They get up and walk off. They don't start like throwing like jugs of water uh, across <laughs> the room or fly over and try and attack um, Margaret. So that's, that's, and why always, that's why you always get the thank you for the opportunity, not you absolute. But th- what I would say if I was on that show, would... I'd go, you can't fire me because I'm not working for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jokes on you. Um, now tell me, what would Jonathan Spratt sound like if he'd just been fired from from, uh, uh, from Apprentice? Thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to move on forward. <laughs> <laughs> and Keith Earls? It's very high pitch this week. <laughs> yeah. He was very Jonathan high pitch. Sp- okay. <laughs> and how do you think Keith Earls would take being fired by him? <laughs> you cheating. <laughs> you effing cheat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, this week's Apprentice Watch done. Good. Good. <laughs> that good, is good, in, that's good. more than enough of a project. I feel myself getting angry just thinking yeah. about those morons. Those absolute idiots. You want to talk about Leicester Rassing? Yeah. Ooh, much better performance from Leicester. I think I think you just I don't think you need to say we need to say anything more. I think actually Phil just completely summarised that whole game in one noise. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Racing are such a weird team, aren't they? Yeah, they just feel like a bunch of spare parts bolted, loosely bolted together, but guided by the brilliant Carter. Yeah, he did everything he could today to win. Yeah, D- like D- he was the only guy who did by the looks of things. Yeah, uh, the, uh, even the commentator said. The backs look dangerous. The forwards look a bit unfit. Oh, what era is this? Are we somewhere in the you know, 1960s? Uh, ben Tamafuna is weighing 24 stone. Uh, the Says the th- man who was defending Matthew Bastero about half yeah, an hour. Completely being different. A, a big, chunky lad. Completely different. Um, it, it was just odd. They're an odd, odd team. They're kind of but, but they're they, made up of very old men. But the, the way you've just described them is identical to the way that I would describe Toulouse. Yeah, well, you you nailed Toulouse, which was... Uh, I described them as enormous, but mostly clueless. Yeah. First of all, enormous, and then clueless. Yes, yeah, then mostly clueless. Because both of them had some very bright sparks, but they were so few and far between. This is a Rassing and Toulouse, that is. Yeah. That it it meant that, um, well, Wasps away, who didn't play well for long stages of the game, could sneak the draw, and Leicester could could win and prevent uh, Racing from getting a bonus point. Well, first and foremost, um, w- regarding Toulouse, they have a weight issue problem across the entire squad. Yeah. I mean, uh, even the halfbacks are fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, are, they must just have a, a process of putting on as much weight as possible. It's same as Toulon, actually. And part of me thinks that these French teams are so good when you get in their you know, kind of that one metre radius of one of their players. They don't need to work particularly hard elsewhere. Well, they're so big, you can't get in a one metre radius. Yeah. <laughs> so they, like, well, they are a one metre yeah. radius. So like, whereas a premiership team will gang tackle and do all the rest, do all the rest of it, usually the, these guys are so good close quarters that they yeah. get away with a, with, a lot, with a lot more. If you are within a metre, they can grab you and just fall over. Yeah. And you're down. You're gone. They're just all huge. So, yeah, Toulouse has got the weight problem. It strikes me that Rassinger has got a bit of an age problem. Um, they've got Yannick Nyanga in there. They've got uh, Masoiku. I mean, he's only 20, 32 or 33, but they got him basically from nowhere. Mossoe's 37. Dan yeah. Carter's 35. Yeah. Um, ex- the only guy in that entire team who I think is genuinely at the top of his game right now is Maxime Machinot. Machinot's class. What a player he is. Yeah. I mean, brilliant. he single-handedly dri- drives that whole thing, but the rest of it is just a mess. <laughs> and they're French champions. Uh, they are... They they didn't have their best game 
today, and I, I think we will see um, much better, a bit more cohesiveness um, from them because they've got some real talented, like uh, Johan Hussen. Hussen um, Bry- is very good. Yeah. Bryce Dulan, their front row is brilliant. Um, they've got the two young French guys, Eddie, Eddie Benarus and see, Camille Schatt. There. Camille the Cat. See, Gareth uh, Rory's has messaged on our Facebook live stream comments, um, blame Toulouse sausages. He's got, he's got a good point. They are beautiful garlicky pork goodness. No, no, a p- paprika, I do believe. Isn't it garlic and paprika? There we go. Oh, we'll, even better. We'll compromise. On, on this occasion, we'll compromise. Um, other, <laughs> other messages we've been getting, just uh, just going back over some of them. Please do leave them. Hello, if you're watching on Facebook. And, sh- and share it. Share it to all, all your friends. Yeah, uh, yeah. just chuck a little like and a share on there. Um, Lawrence Ames, just going back to the very start of the show. Um one thing we didn't mention about the circle singing and also the, the team walking out of Munster was Anthony Phoney's two sons. Yes. Both, both yeah. part of that whole day, which was a beautiful moment. Um, uh, Lewis Bowles said, second time lucky because we messed up the first time. He was like, watching that one. <laughs> but we didn't do a hands in. No, we didn't. No. Um, but we, we, you can't when you're three deep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ed Scott <laughs> said the Scarlets had a number eight on the front of their shirts in memory of Anthony Foley as well, which is one ah. I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Nice touch. Um and Rob Smith says, my son's bedroom has nearly as many shirts as in your rugby dungeon, although all his are muddy and on the floor. Yeah, there's <laughs> l- lovely array of shirts. And there's even more over there. Oh, there you is. can see them. Yeah. There's loads more, can you see And there's actually a big pile of them down there, which I need to yeah, get. Yeah, we, sh- we should rotate. We should rotate. I-, I do try and mix it up for different episodes. Yeah. So, you know, I've got pig bearings that needs to, that needs to come in. If you have any um, any shirts that you want to trade for shout outs, I'm I'm more than happy to do business. <laughs> yeah, well, you will always accept a few <laughs> yeah. shirt, shirts. Yeah, if you if you want your club's shirt to be prominently, uh, it will it'll only get up if it's a match weight shirt and it's uh, in size XL. <laughs> Otherwise, it will be prominently. <laughs> reject- they'll fill except large or medium. Yeah, yeah, medium. do what you want, yeah. but, they, but they won't be getting on the wall. Actually, like, one thing we should mention: Phil has got a, a Russia jersey on. Yeah, this is an old. Stop putting your pecs out. You're making me and JB feel. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, I've got a whole book here. This is um, <laughs> no, this wasn't a freebie from Canterbury. Actually, no, it's I know an old, that old Russian shirt. I paid for it myself with Zangief number eight on the back. One of the best sh- rugby shirts in recent mm. years. I'd yeah, say. it's a hell of a shirt. But this. we should briefly mention. I mean, the Challenge Cup doesn't exist to us. Yeah, we don't care. I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, but NSI two from two. Yeah, this is a game changer. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I've actually spoke to two lads that have been to NSI. And they've not only been to NSI... The Siberia NSI or the Moscow NSI? The Siberia NSI. Oh, wow. So Was this the Connaught lads when they went over? Exactly right. When it was like minus 25 or something ludicrous like that? Yeah, so there's a tremendous little podcast called Craggy Island Podcast, and I've interviewed the two lads from there. And one of their stories is actually they go over to NSI in Siberia. Which just sounds Ooh, amazing. I want to do it. I want to do it. I'd love that, to do that. That was the the picture where the whole of the Connacht bench were piled up with blankets because it was yeah. like dangerously, dangerously cold. Yeah, and apparently they've got a coach called Yuri who can talk for days, but you need a tra- need, need, need a translator. <laughs> You're not going to interview him. Oh, let's do it. Well, if I could find a translator. <laughs> Russian well, I translator. I probably could find a translator, actually. I can't be too hard to find a, a, someone who speaks Russian in Manchester, can if, there, if there's any, like, I don't know, maybe we've got um, a, a CEO of a large... Corporation watching. What he Gazprom? Wants, he wants to. <laughs> he wants to spend some of their money on just paying paying for us all. Mikhail Gro- to, to have a, have a, an expedition to Siberia, uh, rugby based. <laughs> that we can report. Ambitious. On our, report on as we go. Let's do it. That yeah. is certainly ambitious. Yeah. Well, uh, they're not playing there now, are they? They're playing in Moscow. Is that right? Uh, well, they have played the last two games in Moscow, but 
Yeah. Well, it's it's working for them because you, you'd think you want the kind of extra intimidation and like difficulty factor yeah. of get, just getting out well, to Siberia. I think Siberia, it was like but... minus 20 when they played. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, you think Toulon, they could beat Toulon because Toulon struggled in, with the Manchester weather. Take them to Siberia. <laughs> well, you watch them crumble. Yeah. And I tell you what, those Toulon boys did not enjoy the AJ Bell. They could not get on that coach fast enough. I don't think uh, the Sale Sharks fans enjoyed the AJ Bell, do they? No, it was, it was it was full. Yeah, was, in the second half. Yeah, M- you M- could see the cars. Were you M- yeah. kick off and the cars were queuing on the M60? I was driving past. Uh, just it was about kick off. I was going to my parents. I watched some of the game at my parents' house. Uh, it took me ages to get past. So as the game kicks off, there were still hundreds of yeah. cars queuing on the motorway, not mess. even off the motorway. Whereas I went to Ravenhill. Loved that stadium. Um, and there was no queues of any kind. They have two queues outside the ground, one for taxis, and they just people just queue up in this massive snaking line. There's officials there just you know making sure no one cuts in or whatever, and the taxis just keep driving up and taking people away. And there's another queue where it snakes along and people get on a park and ride bus and go off to the park and ride. So oh, perfect. No one brings their cars anywhere near Ravenhill. I love it. It's great. And you can have a drink. Yeah. Now... Tell me about this game, NSI Dragons. Do you know anything about it? Did you watch it? Nah. No. Have you got a score? Nah. Uh, I did just have a score. Oh, is this just has this just been handed down from generation to generation? It's just uh, just that me- dragons were just beaten. mentioned that they won. Dragons were slayed. Yeah, dragons were beaten. NSI won. Fine, done. We can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other European matches that you, that you want, to, want to discuss? Well, have we touched? We've touched all of the. Uh, Champions Cup, haven't we? Well, Apart we, from Leinster Mo- lost to Montpellier. Yeah, they did sneak a losing bonus. They played reasonably well. Montpellier do not want to play rugby. No, absolutely in, not. They want to get in the right parts of the pitch. They want to use that mas- massive pack, and then they want to use uh, Nadolo, who was incredibly. I need effective. to watch this. We have heard about uh, a brilliant bit of commentary from Sky Sports, which uh, was just apparently the first Nadolo. Nadolo! Yeah, the first Nadolo try was excellent. Uh, the second one, where uh, he slipped, picked up the back of the, from the back of a scrum, his own five metre scrum. Yeah, goes to pop to the winger, and Nadolo intercepts from oh, from no. five yards out and falls over the like, line. Like you don't mind it with someone like Christian Wade, who's very small. <laughs> Nadolo, you should see him coming. You should know better. He is enormous. Is this it? Absolutely enormous. It, was it the fir- the team's first trial? Was it his? It, yeah, yeah. Uh, team's. <laughs> Oh, no, this is the French, French commentary. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, so that is his try, but not the Sky Sports commentary. Yeah, could, so, could we, could we talk, sorry, I don't want to talk about Sale too much, but you want to talk about... Want to talk about Ma- Montpellier? Oh, yeah, Montpellier. No, I'm just saying, just just because I just looked at Nadolo's massive rump. Paolo Adogu is like... Got, he's got the he's got the legs and bum of a man about four times as big as he is. He's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's just real, good low centre of gravity, real astute signing, very anyway, good change of direction. Yeah, just going back to um, Montpellier. Do you reckon Montpellier are the blueprint that the French teams are trying to achieve? Um, Does they actually do it successfully? Well, I I think a lot of them also want to play a bit more attractive rugby. Montpellier are like the archetypal Jake Jake White team who are just Monstrous pack, ruthlessly efficient. They will kick territory, kick possession all day. Good kick chase, close team down, suffocate. They won't score a huge number of points mm. at all. But we saw it last year when they're in the Challenge Cup. They won it, and in knockout rugby, they can be devastatingly effective. Yeah, well, not only that. Do you think it's going to be almost like a 
It's almost like an eternal punishment for a guy like Ruin Pinar, who was so magical, to end up going to Montpellier. <laughs> he I mean, can, how would he fit in? He can do that, though, because his kicking game and his controlling game is, is so skillful. He is so good at that. So he would actually fit in very well. Mm. But it is almost a shame to to kind of limit... You're limiting the extent of his abilities. Yeah, mm. that's fair. Um, but they 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 are looking good, um, Montpellier, and Leinster. You thought they were coming away with nothing, and um, Nasewa scored last play of the game. He scored in the corner, but cleverly ran it twenty yards. Managed to run it twenty yards in field because there was these re- really deep uh, dead ball line. So he ran it 20 yards in field and then he was the one kicking and slotted the kick to get the bonus point, which could well be important. Massive. Well, we've already talked about in other pools how the lack of bonus points, um, the lack of lack of losing bonus points can make a really big difference. So unless there's anything else to talk about in the, in the Champions Cup, would anyone like to make a prediction after two rounds who you think your early, your early favourites are? Well, Clemon. Saracens. Clemon, Saracens, that's it. Saracens just. Phil, any, any advance over... Claremont or Saracens? Not really. Um, Montpellier could be very good in the knockout just because of the way they play, but I don't think they'll get there. In our so in our Champions Cup uh, Ryder Cup, where we were we were putting the Pro Twelve up against the Aviva Premiership, it was two one to the Pro Twelve oh, last yeah. week. Oh yeah, I've got So what? Where are we at with that now? Because uh, so Saracens beat. Um, Scarlet, Scarlet, Scarlet. That's two two. But um, was there any other games? No, I don't think there was. Oh yes. Uh, oh hang on, no, there wasn't. Was Munster, there? Munster, Glasgow, Saracens, Scarlet, Ulster, Exeter, Ulster beat Exeter. Ulster beat Exeter three two. So three two. Mm. So three things. two as things stand between uh, Prem and uh, Pro Twelve. But yeah, if you, Vici Premiership. If you include the um, Challenge Cup games, which obviously we're not. Because we don't really care. Um, it's, it's massively weighted to Pro Twelve, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But, that's cha- but that's Challenge Cup, and nobody cares about Challenge Cup. <laughs> so it doesn't. It, it Gloucester, doesn't... Gloucester normally care about the Challenge Cup. Yeah, they do. I mean, you care about. Oh, rumor time! Shall we? Shall we? Shall we talk rumors? Um, I don't want to be. Bet- I wouldn't dare betray anyone's trust. Uh, never Good. have. Never ne- have. Never, never have. No. Yeah. Never have. But, well, but the, the it has been rumoured for some time, hasn't it? Uh, Matt Kavezic is wanted by Exeter. Well, yes, I can confirm that my good friend Neil Fessler. Well, uh, well, 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 well. We don't need to just drop his name in. Yeah, we do. He's, he's, he's texted me directly with with his rumours. That's only fair. <laughs> so I can confirm. No, you can confirm. You can confirm that Neil Fissler can confirm what I what yes. I think. Well, on. Okay. Exactly. So Neil Fissler is confirming what of my. If you rumors. read the, if you read the rugby paper, you'll, uh, Neil Fissler has said the following: uh, Kvasek, which you had a, a sniff of uh, um, uh, early doors. Uh, also, Ben Morgan as well to... from Gloucester to Exeter. Now that's wow. that, that is big, isn't it? That is quite big because he's. Back within the England camp as well, and he's he's playing pretty well. Uh, I know because he's in my fantasy team, so obviously I'm keeping a very yes. close, close eye on him. Uh, he's making a few yards, um, scoring a few tries as well. So, I mean, the interesting thing about that as well, I I'm not a huge Ben Morgan fan. I think he can play a bit, yeah. But do I think he's like the best number eight in the UK? Do I think he's a world class number eight? No, I absolutely don't. I also thought the same thing about uh, Waldron. Yes, that was exactly the point that I was going to make, which is it doesn't have to be um, a Kieran Reid or a Sergio Parise or a Billy or a Toby. Yeah. Um, 
if he can play the way that Exeter want him to play, which from from Waldrum is controlling the, the driving malls and kick returns. Mm. Uh, and if he can do that, he could be very successful there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Underhill to Worcester. Hmm. I, I think that's a gr- that's a great fit. Yeah. It's a so great go- fit. Good. So good in a couple of ways. Good to get him on English soil so he can play for England without the exceptional rule. Yeah. And good because Worcester are developing some young talent uh, and he could fit right among a good crop of young developing players. I think he's still young enough to be able to take advantage of the academy house. Yes, I <laughs> think definitely. His Wi-Fi and relaxation rooms. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ultra fast. <laughs> Ultra fast broadband. Wi- yeah. Private relaxation rooms. <laughs> well, my point on this would be any club with an academy who can keep the players for a three-year stint all of them will be a decent club. So if if Worcester have got a five-year plan and they can keep five years worth of academy talent and bring in the likes of Underhill and eventually Ben Taylor will will play. Did he play this weekend? Yeah, he did. He scored a try. Did he? Weekend. There you go. They, they've got to be quite good. They're, they're going to be quite <laughs> again, good. Again, I'm only thinking of my fantasy team for that. Isn't it? Yes, I've got Ben yeah, Taylor back. Um, um, so, uh, so, so, go on. The disappointing side from me... Oh, perspective for me is I, I do see Worcester certainly for the next couple of years as, as being a bottom three team and to see some to see someone with the potential talents that Undil has um, I'd like to see him be slightly higher at the table be getting taste of Champions Cup rugby yep. those bigger games yeah. not being beaten by NSI I get, so, that. I get that. Well, point. maybe the NSI wouldn't have beaten them if uh, Sam Underhill was there. Maybe, well, maybe. Exactly. And, so, the, um, and the last one which... Positives and negatives on that one. The last one which won't surprise you is Carl Ferns is wanted yeah. by lots of clubs. Lots of clubs, yeah. Uh, that isn't a surprise, is it? So no, it was, it we, was... we knew about we knew Newcastle were interested. We knew Leicester, Leicester. were interested and Leicester were, fav- a... were favourites. Yeah. Lots and lots of talk. Seems like a good fit, Leicester. Th- uh, it does seem like a really good fit. I th- the ru- the rumour is moving elsewhere, however, isn't it? Mm. There's other clubs interested. Yeah, apparently Quinns and Gloucester. Now, yeah. Gloucester would obviously make a lot of sense. If they're losing Ben Morgan, that would make a lot of sense. Carl Ferns now, filling that gap. That's an interesting one, isn't it? it so let's just game plan this and say... Or Carl Ferns as a seven. Yes, now we're talking. So an, an, an Eddie Jones definition of an a seven. Eddie Jones seven, which is, Ro- which is which more is more like, like Chris Robshaw. Yeah, let's just be yeah. clear. Which is anyone in England bar Chris Robshaw, and in most people's <laughs> definition of back row play is more closely related to either a six or an eight. Yeah. Yes. So um, imagine like, well, which is weird because now Chris Robshaw is actually a six, so he should really be Eddie Jones's perfect seven. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is everyone else's perfect six, six. slash eight. Yeah, six yeah. Slash eight. Yeah. So we're not really sure what's going on there. I am sure of this that when he's telling his coaches what to look for in a in a seven, he brings in Robson and goes, "See this? Not this. <laughs> not this. Anything but this." It, yeah, it's like a big it's a red circle with a <laughs> line through the middle. Yeah. No Chris Robson in the he, seven jersey. And then when he sits down with his sevens, he shows them a video of sevens and says. Not this. Not this. Yeah. Not, not, no. like jo- not George Smith. Not no. Not Pocock. Not nothing this. like this. More like uh, not, Jerome Kano. Yeah. Someone like that. Exactly. Omar Toji. So a second rose now. He's, <laughs> he's going into the second rose. He's like a second. Well, Mario Toji is like a second row slash six. Like a Hender, Henderson. Uh, Henderson would probably Ian be Henderson. perfect seven then. Yeah, it would be. Great seven. So, But, but Mike Williams. The lesser Mike Williams. Not Mike Williams, to the best of my knowledge. And to the best of the knowledge of almost everyone that I've spoken to at Leicester and around Leicester, has never seen Mike Williams play seven. He, well, he's a lock slash six. Yeah. He, he's like a Don Armand type. 
It's uh, that's that's one of the weird. That's one of the weirdest selections. <laughs> so, so w- Carl Ferns could be a great seven for Eddie Jones, yes. and a six for any other six, international. Six coach. or eight for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. But Carl Ferns it's working to a club Freddy. near you soon. Yes. Well, it's I working hope. for Eddie at the moment, uh, subject to all of these injuries. It, it could be on a decimated team. Maro Toji, George Cruz, Luke Cowan-Dickey it doesn't really matter. Obviously, he's in the he's in the sack, uh, the wider squad. Um, who else? Uh, Manu, obviously. Yeah, uh, Jack Jack Noel. Jack Noel obviously was overloaded in training they've got, they've got plenty of players Johnny, Johnny May's back in the, as a winger That's so they'll co- they'll cope at wing second row though suddenly I mean Ant- I know that they've got massive depth but, but Ant- Anthony Watson is also out injured with a broken jaw from the Anthony Watson uh, his get up on the telly at Twickenham <laughs> at the NFL on Sky Sports quite, in- quite incredible he looked like a, it was like a wrestler you know it like, was like, um, like WWE wrestler Mick Foley yeah Mick like, Foley check, mankind sleeveless check shirt <laughs> wow uh, he did have something on under. He had like a long sleeve top on under and it. Some long, yeah, uh, necklaces. Yeah. Predictions. Uh, no, rugby social. Rugby social. Thank you. I knew you had something. Rugby social. I like to have a look at what the rugby union players of the internet have been up to on Twitter. Uh, have you looked at Ellis Genge's Twitter account? Uh, not today, not, Tim. Not this week. Right, no. good. Because it's I only Ellis Genge today. I didn't do my podcast prep. <laughs> I think we should block Ellis Genge from our main account. <laughs> so that then we don't have an advantage when it comes to rugby social. Well, no, yeah. that gives you an advantage because I don't, I don't have a personal Twitter account. Only, only Cocker. Only Cocker's personal Twitter account can be... So, Unblocked uh, oh, so, so last week when I was uh, doing Leicester Glasgow, um, Martin Bayfield introduced me doing the interview with Richard Cockerell afterwards. He went or before the game. He went, Ah, Cocker with Leicester's Cockerell, Cockers. Um, and then Nathan Hines has dubbed something which now everyone Martin Bayfield's just can't wait for the time that I'm doing Leicester again, which I think I am in a few weeks, because um, he's he's it's just being referred to as a cock off. <laughs> well, cock off need, round two yeah and you need to get Vincent Cock when he's uh, yes. playing for Saracens I back in there that as cock well off was the uh, Russia, was, was the Russia <laughs> hooker <laughs> no uh, right so Ellis Genge's Twitter account is where I've gone to for rugby social no uh, yes uh, so uh, right um, been Ellis, Ellis Genge was watching Ulster versus Chief and says hell of a last 10 minutes mind good to see my and then he uses a nickname for his his mate from Exeter, Johnny Hill, back out there. Good to see, Mike. Did he say long dog, big dog, or hot dog? Did he call Johnny Hill <laughs> long dog, big dog, or hot dog? I'm now, a big dog for me. Okay. Rough. There is another second row called long dog. Johnny Hill? <laughs> yeah, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. I know about that one. Uh, so I'm going go to go for long dog. It is long dog. Is it's it? Long dog. The other long dog is Luke Charteris. Luke Charteris. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yep. Um, right. Who is who did Genji have an afternoon of fun with this week? Was it George Shooter, James Haskell, Jack Knoll? George Shooter? No. James Haskell, maybe. Jack Knoll. Definitely. Definitely Jack Knoll. Jack Knoll. Um I'm gonna Jack Knoll's a bit far unless they, no, they wouldn't have been in England camp this week. Uh so Oh hang on. Location oh, yeah. wise he's not impressed, Lizzie. Damn it. Location wise, I'm gonna say it's either Shooter, who's obviously Leicester or Hask who's No, Shooter's at left row. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it is Leicester, isn't it? Close enough. Yeah, close Mid enough. East Midlands. Uh I'm gonna go for the Hask. 
It was the Hask. Oh. Ah, what, what was their afternoon of fun? It was afternoon banter between Genji and Hask, two of our favourite uh, <laughs> online prodigal sons. And uh, Haskell was walking down the street in some of his England stash with the with the short shorts pulled up to his chest. Banter. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> so, what are Luke Cowandicki and Ellis Genge planning to do together? Is it go for a flat white? Is it play Gears of War on PS4? Or is it watch an old England under twenties World Cup DVD from their time playing together? Flat white. Coffee players do love coffee. They do love coffee. Just having coffee, coffee. players, rugby players, yeah, do coffee love players do coffee. love rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, Rob- Chris Robson owns a coffee shop. And they yeah, all own coffee there's, shops. There's a they? few. Sam Smith from Worcester, um, <clears throat> obviously. Uh, the Jika boys, uh, Matt, Matt Smith, yeah, Matt um, Stevens, sorry, a pot kettle black in 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 Manchester. There's a couple of St. Helens boys. Yeah. They, they, they love their coffee. Mm. Just having yeah. coffee with the boys. That's what they love doing. Yeah. Um, Good game's a quick game, Phil. Okay. I'm going to say watch their old under-20s games. You're both wrong. It's played Gears of War on PS4. They're playing each other over the internet. Ah. And they're both waiting for new Call of Duty. Uh, right. So, what did Ellis Genge have on his head this week? Was it <laughs> a green bowl, a blue bucket, or an orange plastic bag? Oh my god! I, there's not, there's nothing I can even relate to in my knowledge bank which would help me in this. Oh, uh, like you know, where was he at Sainsbury's? I'm going to Leicester Tigers Green Bowl. Oh, good. Um, what are the other options? A blue bucket or an orange plastic bag? <sighs> blue bucket. It was an orange plastic bag. Ugh. He was doing a little Twitter picture <laughs> thanking a ginger beer company for the uh, ginger beer. For the ginger beer, ah. and, and said, "Look, it's Termy Ginger," and he had a Sainsbury's uh, plastic bag. Banter. This banter is exceptional. <laughs> he needs to calm down a bit. Right, final one. Genji is unsure this week about Toulouse Vianu and his music taste. Uh, he claims Vianu listens to what on his own, lights off with the door closed. Phil Collins, Elton John, or Barry Manilow. Phil Collins, he, he's topical. Not that it matters, because... Uh, a load of the players did... There was a load of England players pictured with Elton John fairly recently, so I'm going to go for Elton John. And Phil takes it! Oh, this is a joke. It's one rugby social. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're back to domestic rugby this week. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, Autumn internationals are nearly here. Are we going to do split pods? Or, I think... Or is it only LV Cup, so we don't really give a damn? Oh, that's a really good point. For the week when it's Premiership and Pro 12, yes, and there are a couple AIs. of there are a couple of uh, Prem and Pro 12, uh, yeah, Prem and Pro 12. By the way, and internationals. Which which sane man doesn't love the love the LV Cup? <laughs> uh, it's a very good way of seeing some clubs' young up and coming talent. They did have the Emerging Talent Award for the LV Cup because they, I think, they, yeah, they do. At some point, they, it just dawned on them: this isn't this isn't serious. This isn't no the old Teddy Bitter. No one cares. But yeah. if, if you like uh, Jack Noel, I think Henry Slade might have both won it. Yeah, yeah but me. then, but that's that's fine. But if every, everyone treats it like that, that's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. That's what it becomes. Everyone, know, everyone understands what it is. Everyone knows what it is. It's yeah. time to rest the senior players and give the younger players. Well, a, no, it sounds a to rest. Up. You middle, you middle rank players, and really grind your senior, senior players. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what really happens. Yeah. So okay, let's talk about the. Um... Should we go to the Avicii Premiership? Mm-hmm. Just before we do, what we do need to do because England play Australia, we do need to have a green and gold special podcast. We need... after we spanked them, they're not going to do that. We they're... need to line it up. If they've got the guts, green and gold, come and do it again. <laughs> They'll have the guts because they're it's. Eternal optimists. Yeah, and also, 
it'd be a bit different because I think they're playing Wales as well, so I can actually talk. Oh yes, you were, you were hidden in the background last time. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, Friday night, Premiership first. Avicii Premiership. Friday night, Northampton Gloucester. I feel like we should do this over Avicii. Uh, you carry on talking about it. I'll get some music. Yeah, please. So Northampton got an absolute spanking away at Cast this week, which we didn't mention because I didn't see the game. No, I don't I didn't even think game. I've seen the highlights. I, I, it feels like Northampton are this year's pariahs of the Premiership, doesn't it? Well, they're two steps forward, one step back. They got a great win against Mont- Montpellier, just, and then go and get hammered by Cast, who were comfortably beaten by Leinster. So yeah. I, I can't, I can't work them out. Well, they're incredibly boring. They've got a massive, they're basically a French team that happens to play in Northampton. <laughs> and they've even got like the uh, French captain. Yeah, the best, best the, the, French player for the last 10 years. Yeah, so that, that will be why. So, against Gloucester, who are, it's a French club against a Pro 12 club. Mm, yeah, oh, that's a good point. French club against a Pro 12 club. Oh. A lower level, French, uh, I think the French club beats the Pro 12 team. I think you're probably oh. right. Oh. I think you're probably you're right. right, Tim. At home. No, no I, just lost the v- I just lost the Avicii Premiership music. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for French beating Pro 12. Just Northampton win, and it, but it won't be pretty. Northampton, Northampton were terrible against Cast. Oh, sorry, absolutely yeah. horrendous. I think it's George North has broke, broke his hand. Has he broke his? Hand? I'm sure George North has broken something. Oh. Is that just? A, is that like a, right? This argument between yeah, you won't the, be going to that fourth The argument between the WR, <laughs> WRU and Northampton has got so bad. You've broken your hand, George. All right. <laughs> Yeah. I'll just hit it with a lump hammer, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but Northampton were horrendous. Yeah. After a good performance, so it, it is it's two steps forward, one step back. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. Next uh, in the Avicii Premiership. Harlequins host Worcester. Yeah. Harlequins host Worcester. <laughs> right, you're going to have to turn it off, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on. There you go. Um, Harlequins. Harlequins at home. Well, they beat oh, beat Saracens. So, so bad though. No, but at home. At home, win. they're good. They've got some very good potential. Harlequins. Right, Quins to win. Quins. Quins at home. I think Quins will win. I don't think they've lost at home home yet. Have they? Uh, I don't actually know. No. Well, they haven't lost uh, at home in the Premiership. They beat beaten Saracens. They beat Saracens. That's but, all. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. They they should win this. Yeah. Then, Saracens host Leicester. Saracens host Leicester. Okay, Leicester did, did well today. Um, hats off to them because I thought they were going to get absolutely hammered. In fact, I had, I had them losing by more than 14 points. I think they're going to lose by more than 14 points. I happen to agree with you. Uh, Mind you. Away from, home, away from home is very different to play shall we home. just Shall we just roll back a bit on this? Because this is Saracens going well with the two best second rows maybe in the world. Or, you know, one yeah. of the best pairings in the world. That is gone. You've taken out the heart of their pack. So you've still got Mako, who is... Sorry, so when you said it, George North has broken his hand, does that mean it Maro Itoji hasn't? Well, well it's good not question. been confirmed yet. Not he's he's confirmed. having a scan. I'm sure George North has broken something. Okay. No, Itoji is definitely having a scan on his hand. Definitely. Right. So if he's you're, not you're, back... But you're taking those two out, but you've still got Skalkberger. You've still got yeah. both Vunipolas. You've still got um, Jamie George... Aviva Premiership top try scorer. Um, Avicii Premiership. They've still got a very, very good pack. You could have Hamilton and this young lad Flanagan playing, and it's still an exceptional pack. 
Hmm. We did get a tweet earlier going uh, when we were talking about Etzebeth saying Etzebeth to Bristol 40k again. But then there was there was all the rumours about Mar Nonu and Bristol. They're, yeah. they're desperate to try and spend some money on. Yeah. People, everyone's saying no because they've seen how they play. They have to. They have to stay up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to say a close Saracens win. I don't actually think it's as straightforward as I originally did think because of those two big players that are missing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I think Saracens will be relatively comfortable at home. Uh, then we've got Wasps host Newcastle. Straightforward yep. enough. Uh, Exeter host Bath, which will be very interesting. That will be interesting. I mean, Exeter, if they don't win this, they are, they are on the ropes. They will have taken a lot of heart from that performance away. I think they'll, I think they'll win at home. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say Exeter, but um, Bath are playing pretty well. And Bath have had the advantage of being able to rest quite a few guys because they were playing in the Challenge Cup. Here's a stat about, here's a little fact about Exeter. They, it's only since, the, it's only the first two weeks of the season that they picked the same centre combination from one game to the next. Every oh, okay. single game, they've changed their centre combo. Really? Yeah, well, because they've got to try and keep them happy. Well, no, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's because they don't know what he doesn't what know. The best. Actually, in a weird way, everyone thought, like, Devoto, what a great signing. I think it's really confused. It's disrupted. It's like he's going, I don't know what to do. I he started him. trying to push Slade inside, yeah. Yeah. and now he wants Slade back outside because he wants to accommodate Steenson. See, uh, I tend to think hmm. that you're... You've not given him enough credit, really. I, I think they will have a very defined plan for what they were going to do with with the Voto. And I think it's just a case of rotating and keeping everyone happy. Because no, eventually... I don't think you rotate by changing it yeah, every game. I don't know. I think you do. And, well, there's the rotation, but what throws a spanner into that is the Steenson not starting at fly half and sl- trying to slay at fly half for two games and then reverting back to Slade Yeah, that Slade does feel like center. a failed yeah. like it, a failed experiment. It like, does. You're right. It does. The thing is, if they were winning, we'd all say that that, that it was genius. True. So they, it very very. And they've easy. had some really tough games. They played Saracens. They played Wasps. Wasps. First two games of the season, Saracens and Wasps. Yeah, they, yeah. they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in Claremont, uh, Ulster. So you know, you give them a few more weeks, and they play, you know, a, a yeah. Newcastle, a Bristol, a Harlequins, and all of a sudden you think, oh, actually, Rob Bax is a, a, an absolute genius again. But you don't get too many easy games in the. Uh... Avicii. Avicii Premiership, yeah. Although their next three games uh, are Newcastle, Worcester and Sale. Bear that in mind for your fantasy rugby draft. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've got a tough one against Bath at home and then they could be three on the bounce. Mm. Uh, and the final game in the Avicii is Bristol hosting Sale. Bristol going for the first win in all competitions and Sale on the road are not the team they are at home. So I'm going to go for potentially a Bristol wow. win. I'm definitely going with Sale. I'm going with Sale. Can I just say though, right? I, I do understand why, but everyone talks about, and, and Steve Diamond more than anyone talks about how important it is to get into the European Cup, into the top six. I completely agree with what you're about to say. And they're in the European Cup, and in the build up to the Toulon game, Steve Diamond's saying what a big game they have against Bristol next week. <laughs> like, like being in the European Cup doesn't really matter. Getting it, there. Get, it's all about... I, 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 I don't understand. It's uh, very peculiar, isn't it? They, yeah. We must finish sixth. Yeah, we must finish sixth. And then when you get there, it's like, well, yeah, we're not really well, going to bother. Yeah. Let's just rest but everyone. Sale don't have the resources of a 
uh, Saracens or a Leicester or Northampton. Or a so, any so is it just about attracting? Because he keeps talking. It's, Steve Diamond keeps talking about wanting to get these world class players in for sale. Is it just about attracting those guys? It probably there probably is an element of that, both attracting and retaining. So you want to retain your. If they'd have retained Sippers and they retained Tommy Taylor and Rob Miller from a couple of seasons, boys like that. Gaskell. Yeah, Gaskell. If they retain all those he, boys he and attracted. Yeah. And to, you retain all that. Yeah, Cobblass. You retain all those and that allows you to attract some more. So I, I think I c- it is a contradiction, obviously, but I can understand his logic. He's protecting his position. Um, so I. I it does seem like a contradiction, but I'm I'm with him. On yeah, this. it takes a, maybe it's just a, like a few in a few years' time we'll have the squad that we can have it, a crack at both. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which ten ex- ten ex- years ex- ago, ten years ago when they were winning when they won the yeah. Premiership, they did. Mm. They had a crack at both. Uh, so I'm going for sale. I'm going. Uh, no, Bristol. Bristol sale. You've got Bristol have to win that. Yeah. At home, absolute must. Sale don't win this. Oh. Will you concede that they perhaps aren't the most attractive team to watch in the Aviva Premiership? No. <laughs> do you, do, will you concede that maybe we shouldn't talk about them quite as much as we do? Nope. Uh, <laughs> needs to be more sale chat. <laughs> okay. That's the uh, Avicii done. Pro 12? Yeah, if you can help us come up with a name for the Pro 12, Pro 12 fans like Avicii, <laughs> I don't know what musician you would... I'll, I'll just ask Claire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll inadvertently, oh, yeah, she'll inadvertently come up with something. Um, right. Friday night. Ulster, Ulster host Munster. Oh, tasty. Which is a pretty brutal, brutal game. That's going to be. I'm going to stand up for the Ulsterman on that one. Oh, Ulster for me, please. Ulster at home, but if Munster but bring Hendo had a shoulder injury, he went yeah. off. Yeah. Their back rows in tatters as it is. Yeah. When's Henry back? They need him big time. Yeah, they need Henry. They need Curtsy. They need Hendo. Um, Reed Reed is a good player. Will Roger Wilson is a bit long in the tooth now. He's playing out of necessity rather than uh, being the first choice number eight. Yep. So if if Munster bring half of what they brought against Glasgow, I can see Munster winning yeah, this. Yeah, you just can't do that every week. That's the problem with it. No, but two weeks, I could, I could say they could do it two weeks on the bounce. Mm. Then uh, Cardiff hosts Scarlets, which you'd say home win. Yeah. I would say home win. Yeah, Cardiff, yep. Edinburgh hosts Zebra. Don't know which way that, that one's going to go. Uh, so we we have it's all the um, I say derby matches. Is this the big game that they were advertising? There was I saw some. Art, have you seen this? There was a, there was an advert. It was both Glasgow Treviso and Edinburgh Zebra, which are this weekend's fixtures. And the title was more than a rivalry: Edinburgh versus Zebra. Well, it's less that's, than a rivalry. That's not isn't more it? than a rivalry. <laughs> it, uh. it, a passing what? acquaintance, Edinburgh versus Eva. Come and I can only assume it was like a ironic parody. Yeah, that... I thought someone uh, had done that as a joke. Uh, Island players are in camp, apparently. Okay. Has that just come through on Facebook? No, I, I know these things too. <laughs> Has it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank you very much. Keep the messages and stuff coming. This is yeah. good. This is good. Uh, um, well, that does make a difference then. I'm... Sorry, all my answers for the quiz came on Facebook too. Weird. <laughs> Got massive advantage here. Damn it. Um, next game. Uh, so yeah, Edinburgh Zebra home win. Glasgow Treviso home win. Mm-hmm. Um, Ospreys Dragons home win. Leinster Connacht home win. Less uh, Leinster Connacht home win. Do you think? 
Uh, if actually, if if all the Irish players are in camp, yeah, this is I don't think it's a home win. Connor's best chance. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. All right, sound. So, uh, what do we what do we do now? Shall we wrap, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Cool. Uh, this has been another long one, hasn't it? It has. Shall we finish? How with... long have we done? An hour and a half. Hour and forty. Hour forty. Hour forty. God. So, oh, um, geez, we need to. It's now eleven p.m. Yeah. So I reckon we should finish the only the only way that we know how, and that's with uh, some barista chic. Barista chic, yeah. Rugby's premier boy band, Josh Charnley, Danny Mugford Gipriani, uh, Anthony Watson, and Jack, Jack Noll are barista chic. And should we have the hask tag or the stash tag? Oh yes. As Hashtag barista chic. Yeah, hashtag barista chic if you want to win some clobber, some top oh, rugby clobber. Don't forget the hipster beers too. Oh, yes. Our friends at, beer, uh, at Beer 52. Oh, yeah, Beer 52. Beer 52, uh, Egg 20. It is. Egg 20 for a £20 discount uh, with Beer 52. Uh, and, if, and if you sign up and tweet us to let us know, uh, I'm sure we can get you some... We can get you into a draw for some stash. Well, or we can probably just make sure you don't get sent salty kiss. Yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. <laughs> that's oh, the best. That's we will guarantee a massive service we can do for you next week. Uh, I'm going to be very hungover because uh, my wife is off to North Wales with child, which means I'm going to stay here, and uh, I'm I'm getting hold Wank- of Phil. Oh no, I can't say. That. I was going to say something. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting, getting hold, hold of Phil, and we're going to drink some salty kiss. I'm going to drink the, the last eight remaining cans. Eight? More like 32 remaining oh, cans. 32 remaining cans of salty kiss. We can do it, Jay. He's, down, he's, down right, he's already it. put in a bulk order for salty kiss and <laughs> Kleenex <laughs> tissues, and JB's weekend is sorted. Uh, um, I, to, to mop up the salty kiss, obviously. Obviously, because we'll be pouring it all on the floor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jonathan Joseph style. Yeah. I do also have... Uh, about 100 bottles of wine left over from the wedding. And some, and some sparkly... Uh, we have about 30 bottles of Prosecco. So you can either win I've, some, some, rug, got, some Canterbury yeah. rugby stash or a bottle of Prosecco. I'm so excited about Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday nights. Use the hashtag Barista Chic in honour of our rugby boy band. Again, I think we should have it. Like Every now and again, we could ditch someone from the boy band if they, if they, yeah. if they straighten up their act or cut their hair into something less... Boy bandy. Yeah. Or like if Anthony a, Watson learns to dress. Yeah. Um, mullet hyphen Dicky could have been in there. but yeah. he, he, He's more like a diesel trucker. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Cameron Dicky, well, like, especially when he had the mullet. When he was mullet hyphen Dicky. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, iTunes, leave a review, uh, cornerstone.co.uk uh, slash egg chasers, egg20, your code at beer 52 go and check out fantasy rugby draft we love it we're actually not getting any financial reward for that one it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't Doesn't matter matter. doesn't matter we just love it um and uh yeah thank you phil well done thank you jb i'm losing the will to live right now (laughs) it's It's very late late on a sunday it's very very late Uh, and barista chic play us out Not playing this on Virgin Radio.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 